It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. A good mentor is going to give you advice that is counterintuitive to you because If it already made sense to you, you'd already be doing it. But the difference between where I am now and where I want to be is the same gap between what I know now and what I don't know yet. And a mentor or feedback advice from those who've gone before is what is able to bridge that gap and close that gap. So I realized that like, this is something that has helped me so much is realizing most people believe that I have the truth because I believe it. And this is so dangerous where mm. people are hard, when, when you challenge their assumptions and challenge your belief, they're like, no, nah. it's like, that's not right because I don't believe that. Where I find that it's better, where when, when I coach entrepreneurs, I teach them that the, the better route is to say, what is the truth? And let me believe that. Let mm. me understand what that truth is because here's the reality. If somebody has a result that you want and you're not producing the result that they have, their result is a direct, is, is the effect of their beliefs. It's the beliefs that they have that is producing their behaviors and their behaviors are producing their blessings. If I want to duplicate or replicate their blessings, then I have to really understand not even just the behavior that produces it, but the, the b- beliefs, what are the beliefs of our mentor? And let me borrow those beliefs as I build my beliefs and then it will shift my behaviors and it shifts my b- blessings because I could argue with them all I want, but if they have the blessings I desire, then it, it, there's a belief, they believe something different. And what, what's, what I have is not working for me. So I've realized like why, when you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I'm so honored and delighted and excited, my excited is excited, to have my brother here, Enoch Leffingwell, on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about Enoch. He's a speaker, he's a coach, he's an entrepreneur, and a missionary, as well as a business coach and an author and an international speaker at that, not just a speaker, an international speaker who's gone from being a poor missionary sleeping in his car to building a six-figure family business. Enoch teaches authors, coaches, speakers, and other high-level entrepreneurs how to get paid a premium for their advice 
by helping them to create premium mentorship programs. My brother, welcome to the show, man. And and I, I also want to give a little background on Enoch, too. Um, I'd like to read a formal bio, but I also like to give my personal bio of, of just being around this brother, um, knowing this brother, I would say, for the last six, seven months or so. Um, just one of the most attentive people I've ever met. Um, and I know we'll probably get into this later into the show. Um, one of the things that I'm always inspired by is how Enoch is able to decipher and take information in from mentors, from people, and distill what they said and what they did in a way that conveys like, whoa, I studied every mechanism of what you did. It's just phenomenal. And, and it's hard to, to describe. You'd have to see in, in action doing his thing. So I admire that about him, but I also admire just his heart, uh, his love for God, his love for people, just a, a great, genuine person with a, with a great spirit. So brother, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, David. I am uh, honored to be here on the show. And uh, that was quite the introduction. It's certainly a blessing and and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to serve uh, your community. I look forward to our interview and uh, diving in here. Yes, sir. So let, let's take it. Let's take it all the way back, man. I I learned something new. I didn't know you were a missionary and, and, and are a missionary. Um, so take me back through the journey, man, from from childhood to, to where you are today as as best as you can. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was 10 years old and fascinated with digital marketing since I was about 12. And I started selling candy bars door to door and I had lawn care service. I had um, like, it's interesting. I was talking to a Lyft driver recently and I was telling him my story because he wanted to know why I was in town for an event I was speaking at in Texas. And he's like, you know, I was out there playing football and basketball and all sorts of things with my friends. And you're out there like employing your friends and paying them to like go knock on other doors. And it's just like, that's like, what got you interested in doing that? And in all reality, a lot of it is because I had my first mentor was my mother, who was also an entrepreneur. I grew up with my mom going to like thrift stores and saying, oh, I could buy this for 50 cents, sell it on eBay for $50. And to me, I'm like, well, I just thought that was normal. And like, just maybe everyone who says that way. And I didn't realize until I started telling my story more that people were like, wait, why were you so interested in digital marketing? And then I had to like go back and ask my mom, I'm like, mom, like, well, I would tell people, well, a lot of children are being read like uh, they're being read like stories and bedtime stories while they're going to sleep. My mom was over there like breaking down to me marketing ads. <laughs> and wow. I asked her, yeah, I asked her I'm like, mom, later, a few years later. And I was just like, why did you read to me? marketing ads and you didn't do that to my older sister it's like why did you do that to me and she said something made sense you were interested your sister wasn't mm. and that was a light bulb that turned on so wow yeah that was a that was a lot of my early years like before i was a pre-teenager during my teenage years and i started flipping cars when i was in high school before i even had a driver's license i had someone Are you else pay for me? it yeah I just, I just found that it was, uh, that's where I learned about payment plans and getting people on those. And I, I understood supply and demand. I played a lot of video games when I was younger. And a lot of times in those video games, all I did was like buy and sell virtual like stocks and just make millions of gold coins and sell them. 
to Chinese websites for like $11 per like millions coins. And so I, I just was like interested in that when I was younger. When I was 16 years old, 15, 16, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, started going to college parties when I was younger and I started smoking and drinking. And I just like, I was really depressed from age 11 to 16. And I grew up being like dragged to church, but I, I like knew God, but I never really knew God. And it wasn't until I, um, I was 16, I was drunk and high at a party and I just hit rock bottom. And I was like, man, this is the worst I've ever been. And mm. I thought, when was I the happiest? And I remembered it was when I was on fire for Christ. It mm. was when like I had a, like the most joy, the most peace and the most like excitement when I had Christ, I was 16. I'm like, this is the furthest I've ever been. And I'm like, this is when I had the best of my life. I want that back. So at 16, I started seeking after God and I started studying his word. And as I started studying his word, it's like I stopped playing video games and I started just finding answers that I had no idea existed. So like true wisdom, like my education skyrocketed when I started to open the words of life to realize this is how life works. There's so many things that I was, I didn't even understand. So I like the verse, the entrance of thy words giveth light, they giveth understanding to the simple. Mm -hmm. So I got fascinated with wisdom. My favorite Bible character as I started to study was King Solomon. My absolute favorite story was how he could pray for anything he possibly wanted, but he prayed for wisdom. That's and right. that wisdom was able to get, give, like provide for him with, with um, wealth, influence, just like it was a wisdom not after God and to serve the people to do what he was called to do. And I'm like, I want that wisdom. So I basically dedicated my life since then to being understanding wisdom. And I, um, when I was 16, I got into, uh, I started studying a lot. And then I realized, wait a second, this is transforming my life. I want to share with others what has been transforming my life. And when I was 17, I started to travel and speak. And by the time I was 18, I had spoken all along the West Coast and all, all the states. And I, I started traveling, speaking, getting paid to go to um, events and uh, faith-based functions. And I realized that a lot of these nonprofit organizations, churches or ministries or, or, or other like organizations, they didn't really understand digital marketing. And that was something that I was really involved in since I was a kid. So during those, like the last 10 years I've been a professional speaker, I have a lot of it's been teaching digital marketing to nonprofits yeah. and in ministry and helping them to be able to reach more people with their message. And I've just been fascinated. It was like when I was 17 years old, I had a mentor who was teaching me about the speaking world and he invited me to speak at an event. And I remember I spoke, I had three speaking slots and I shared, and it was amazing to be able to see people's lives transform. And he gave me $50. I was in high school. I was like, why are you giving me $50? He's like, well, like I hear that, like, I know that it encourages people to, to continue in this path when, mm -hmm. when you pay them and, and you're 17, you don't have a family, you don't have a bunch of bills, but I want to encourage you. But the other speakers at this event, we paid for their travel, we paid for their food, their flight, we, and we gave them extra to go because they got families to provide for. And at that moment, it's like there was a light bulb that clicked for me. I was like, wait a second, you like these people have entire families like they do this for a living. Like that's a thing. People are able to use their mouth to speak a message that moves multitudes and like support themselves financially to a point that supports a family. And at that point, I was psychologically unemployable 
And <laughs> at 17, I'm like, I dedicated my life to Christ's service and yeah. learning how to share a message and to do that with my life and my talents and my gifts and skills and bring as many people with me as I can to help others to learn how to identify their gifts, their calling, their skills, and be able to fulfill their God-given assignment in the marketplace and in Christ's service as missionaries in the marketplace. So I, uh, that's been a lot of, a lot of my, my early childhood, sh should I say. Wow. Wow. It's your, your, your childhood is a book, is a movie. You know what I mean? Like that, it's got some some drama in it. It's got some highs. It's got some lows. Um, it's got some epiphanies. It's got some mentorship from your mom, who's awesome, by the way. Shout out to your mom. I didn't know she was behind the scenes encouraging your gift and your giftings. So let's get into that. When you break it down, Ina, what is your most dominant gift? I think you, you described it well. My, I would say my most dominant gift is being able to take very complex concepts that help produce valuable results and being able to communicate them in a way that is very simple and empowers my hearers to be able to listen and say, I could do that and feel equipped to go out and apply that to help duplicate those results in their lives. Because I've really spent the last 10 years studying wisdom and studying how can I take, I, I realize that there's dreams, there's desires, there's things that are rich in life and figuring out like, what are the skills that are required to get there? And then how to be able to communicate those to others so that they can close a gap from where they are to where they want to be faster. So that that's, like you mentioned, that's probably the most dominant gift that I have. And so I've been speaking and sharing and using that since then. I love it. I love it, man. That's what when you when you when you when you break that down, what do you, what is that? Is that the ability to simplify? If you had to dis, distill it into a few words or a word, what is that? I would say um, it is. I would say it's it's like communication. Uh, mm -hmm. communication is is a is a gift probably just clear communication clear communication mm -hmm. there it is clear communication so and and that's not something to take lightly because not everybody has that ability nor do they recognize how to do it effectively so when you when i when i when i bring that out. I'm bringing that out because I'm thinking about the listener who has a similar gift to you. And they're just walking through life, not knowing this, this is even valuable to society. This is valuable to the world. So with that said, when did you realize and recognize your gifting in its clarity? Um, and how did you, what, what happened and what transpired once you recognized it? Or was it a, a gradual process? It was definitely a gradual process, but I would say it's, it's a lot of that time when I realized that, um, I, I would say one of the first early moments was when I was learning math and I was learning math and all my friends, like all the peers around me, they were struggling and they were really like, they weren't getting it. And 
I I didn't understand all of it, but I started sharing with others what mm. little I did know. And as I began to explain, I would try to explain to them one way, and they didn't get it. So I tried to explain another way, and then the third thing is like epiphany. They're like, oh, I get it. Why didn't the teachers explain it that way? I'm like, well, kind of did, but but I'm glad that it made sense now. And mm. I realized as I would teach others, I learned a lot. And mm. I, I've learned that the bet I believe, like with every fiber of my being, the best way to learn is to teach. Mm. And when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Mm. So from that experience, I started getting better at math. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I started teaching math. At one point, I thought I wanted to be a math teacher, but I was like, me in school did not go very well. And the thought of having to get a master's degree or continue down that route was like that, that I, I couldn't bear it. And uh, so I'm like, I got to find another way. But then I realized that I can communicate. When I started studying the Bible, it's like the joy that I had to help share with others in a way that could actually impact their lives was so much more fulfilled in sharing God's word than it was in sharing math. And mm -hmm. so I started teaching that. And then I started, as I had my entrepreneurship skills and, and disposition, I applied um, entrepreneurship, kind of like Paul, who's a tent maker, and he used tent making, he used his business as a vehicle for serving others. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that and people were like, how are you able to support yourself? How are you able to continue? Like, I want to do what you do. So then yeah. I started to share with other people how they can start businesses to produce an income, solve valuable problems and teach eternal principles that mm -hmm. are able to impact people's lives and to wove them into their message and i realized like that is that is like my gift my calling my calling is to help others to fulfill their calling that's good that's really good man wow so when you think about this gifting of clear communication um there's a point where you came to the realization that okay i've got this gift i'm good at i'm good at this speaking um teaching, uh, educating, and inspiring other people. When did you get into the mode of, I want to become better? Like, is, is that always been in your DNA? Like, like I, I want to become better and really develop and hone my craft. That, that 10 years of study that you mentioned, how did you, or when did you get into that development phase? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like the clear communication wasn't always that uh, apparent to me. Like I said, it was a journey. There was yeah. a few points that were the big uh, turning points for me. But um, in in the beginning, like when I first started public speaking, when I was 17, that was 10 years ago. I'm 27 now. And that was uh, my first speech in public was so like, it, it makes me cringe, but I was I, uh, I didn't know how to put together an outline, so I borrowed someone else's, like, I just transcripted with one of my favorite, like, speakers, and then I said that, but I was, like, reading a script, and I was, like, flipping a pen while I was speaking, and I, like, lose my place, so I'd be making weird noises in the microphone, and, and I, I, but the thing is, like, I packed the room. I, I created a big list of everyone I knew or ever did know, and I invited them to come out to hear me speak, and it was, like, standing room only. And I had mm. my best friend over there 
And I was like, hey, Josh, whenever you hear a certain word, I want you to say like, amen. He's like, okay, got it. And just give me some feedback because I was speaking at church. And um, he came uh, and, and he had a hard time paying attention in, in chemistry. So he's listening and he's like half asleep. He hears the words, amen. And then you go back to sleep. And it was just like, my point is that like, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was like naturally strong in that area, but it's something I valued and I realized can impact people's lives. So I committed to developing, committed mm. to cultivating. Mm. And it wasn't until, and honestly, I'd probably have given like 50 speeches before I ever got any feedback on how I actually went. It was one time I asked a pastor's wife and I was like, hey, could you give me some feedback on like, how did I go or like what worked and what didn't? She's like, uh, do you really wanna know? I said, yeah. And, um, and so she's like, okay, well, you're kind of monotone and you didn't have very good connections between your ideas and you're reading long passages. It's kind of hard to pay attention. And she's like, are you sure you want to know? I'm like, thank you so much. I'm like taking notes now. I'm like, really? It's like, what is monotone? <laughs> and she was, and she's like, she felt kind of uncomfortable sharing, but I'm just like, please tell me because I'm, I, I'm a super student and I am curious and I'm not easily offended. Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them as mm. Psalms 119 says. So like, I really just want to know. This is this is so refreshing and eye-opening to me. It was the first time I began to learn about voice culture and I realized that there are patterns of speaking that are able to help captivate people's attention. There's patterns of speaking that help enlighten, help to retain people so that they can actually apply it to their lives. And so from that conversation, I think was the biggest turning point for me to be like, I want to over, I want to master and understand not just the words that I say, but even the way that I speak. Mm. I want to understand voice culture, the sounds that my voice makes. Mm. And I want to like, I want to understand what, how can I communicate a message in a way that could impact people's lives, not temporarily, but in a way that lasts, make lasting change. So it was probably about that time that I was, I really got on that journey and, and 3000 presentations plus more. Sometimes people look and they're like, Enoch, you are such a clear communicator. It's like, you have that gift. Like you, you just have that natural ability. Some are not naturally talented as you are. And I tell them like, well, when you give 3000 presentations, you'll be naturally gifted too. But, <laughs> <laughs> Look. I mean, it's true, right? It's so true. Oh my goodness. You are dropping firebombs, Enoch. Like seriously, there's so many things I want to go back to. Like, like you said a phrase just now, committed to development, right? Like that is, I believe, a separator of good and great, right? It's, it's, it's the people that um, have a talent that we've heard the phrase, Talent that works hard beats talent that won't work hard, right? So, and, and and you have this innate gift, this talent, but you weren't you weren't settled with the form it was in. You said, "I can be better. Give me, coach me." You told the pastor, "Coach me. Give me feedback. I don't care if it it doesn't offend me." Um, that is a development and a spirit that we need more in our society and more in our culture. I just wanted to highlight on that point because we live in a world where people don't accept feedback very well. They don't accept criticism 
uh, not criticism, but you know, constructive, constructive criticism in that way. Right. And and you, where I mean, where did this mindset come to to be that kind of moldable, coachable person? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say that uh, a lot of it again came from my mother because she is one of the most curious people that I know. She has like this gift of wonder and genius of just like, she asks so many questions. She's always questioning, curious about what's possible and she's, she receives feedback. She taught me to receive feedback well. And I, I believe that feedback is a breakfast of champions. Mm. And if we are afraid to receive feedback, then like the same thinking that got us here is not the same thinking that's gonna get us there. And as Myron Golden, our coach says that a good mentor is going to give you advice that is counterintuitive to you because if it already made sense to you, you would already be doing it. But the difference between where I am now and where I want to be is the same gap between what I know now and what I don't know yet. And a mentor or feedback advice from those who've gone before is what is able to bridge that gap and close that gap. So I realized that like th this is something that has helped me so much is realizing most people believe that I have the truth because I believe it. And this is so dangerous where mm -hmm. people are hard when, when you challenge their assumption to challenge your belief, they're like, no, it's like, that's not right because I don't believe that. Where I find that it's better where when, when I coach entrepreneurs, I teach them that the, the better route is to say, what is the truth? And let me believe that. Let mm. me understand what that truth is. Because here's the reality. If somebody has a result that you want and you're not producing the result that they have, their result is a direct, is, is the effect of their beliefs. It's the beliefs that they have that is producing their behaviors and their behaviors are producing their blessings. If I want to duplicate or replicate their blessings, then I have to really understand not even just the behavior that produces it, but the, the be beliefs. What are the beliefs of our mentor? And let me borrow those beliefs as I build my beliefs and then it will shift my behaviors and it shifts my blessings. Because I could argue with them all I want, but if they have the blessings I desire, then it, it, there's a belief, they have believed something different. And what, what's, what I have is not working for me. So I realized like why, when you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm. Dude, when you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. My goodness. I, I just want to pause and, and tell the listeners like, this is mind blowing information that Enoch is dropping on you. So I already know it's one of those episodes you need to go back listen over and over and over again so so Enoch, Enoch let's let's get into let's get into this 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 hard work ethic or this development a little bit more into the development right because you, you just said something I don't want to I don't want to gloss over it you said 3,000 presentations that's right and that was probably before it's probably more than that now if I'm accurate yeah, for sure so I mean, most people will not stick to something long enough to see success. And we know our, one of our coaches, Myron Golden, says, says that as well. It's just, you know, working on it till it works on you and, and develops the, the type of uh, caliber of what you want it to achieve. So 
what what can you tell somebody that's an aspiring speaker who has this gift of clear communication um, in the development process of what you've learned from speaking over 3,000 times? Yeah, it really, after speaking, giving over 3,000 presentations, what I have concluded is is the validity of some of the advice that I received right after giving my first public presentation. When I first got started, I had a mentor who pulled me aside. He's like, Enoch, I know you are just getting started. You have this big dream. You probably want to take your message and just proclaim it on the rooftops and the mountaintops that everybody can know, right? I was like, yeah, that sounds good. He's like, well, the truth is, if you were to get started and have this, this broad audience or this great responsibility now with your current skill set, your current level of development, you wouldn't be equipped to serve them at that level that you desire. So the best advice I can give you is what has became my absolute favorite verse in the Bible. And it's Luke 16, 10. Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in that which is least will be unjust also much. So my objective from the beginning has always been, how could I be extremely faithful in the little opportunities that I have now so that I can be faithful with the great opportunities in the future? Because it's as we are faithful with the little things that big things open up. And so many people are, are willing to ignore present opportunities today because they're dreaming about some future time where they could do some grand thing that is not at their doorstep yet. And I'm like, this is the worst thing you could do. Max, learn to maximize your opportunities today. Learn to, like, learn to take the opportunities, the people that you know, and serve at the greatest. The, the little opportunities you have to speak, do it with all your might. And as you do that once, twice, third, like, and another thing that really helps is recognizing, like, in the beginning when you're recording videos or when you're speaking to audiences, when you're doing interviews like this, sometimes it's like, it gets discouraging in the beginning when you're like, ah, oh, it's not getting the results that I'm looking for. It's like, am I, like, like, is this my gift? Like, do I have this gift? Like, that wasn't my question when I was, when I totally bombed it on my first talk, I was, I was like, wow. What was that? Sorry, I think I lost you there for a second. Oh, okay. Uh oh. No, um, what was the last thing you heard? Um, I heard you say, um, when you deliver these presentations on these interviews, uh, it can be discouraged. You, you get discouraged because, and then that part. That's right. We can get discouraged because we're not seeing the results that we're looking for. But um, what what I realize is that in instead. Um, what's uh I, I lost my train of thought but um uh-huh. yeah but basically like being faithful in that which is least will help us to be faithful also much it's, it's the best advice i can give people because that alone has been the foundation of my everyday activities my everyday showing up and and uh when we treat life like that then big things happen yeah no that's a powerful principle and i i, I love that principle and i would love for you to give a story with that principle in action in your life so that these communicators out here, these speakers out here, these authors out here can see the power of it and just 
not gloss over that gem you gave them. Yeah, most definitely. Um, an example is, is for instance, um, I had when I was when I was in high school, I started studying, and as I was learning, I would take notes. And as I would take notes, I, I just I took notes for myself. But then I realized that the fact that I was taking notes allowed me to teach things that I'm learning a lot better. So I started creating a database of documents that I'm learning on all these different subjects. So that when people would ask me on whatever subjects that I like similar subjects, I could just pull it up and start giving studies or sharing and teaching. And that's basically has been the outlines of many videos, many speeches, many talks when I speak at events. And it started with that, but it just through the daily small, like small new learnings. I like to call new learnings where you learn something new every day. I'm, I'm learning in God's word. It's been my favorite book to study since I was 16. And then mm. I learned things from science, from speakers, from just mentors, and, and I'm taking notes. And those have helped me to be able to reach others. But that one document has been able to turn into like little books. Like sometimes I've been able to turn some of those into booklets and where I was able to print through strategic partnerships with other people who are reading my digital documents, like, this is so good. I know how to print this. Let's put the book, let's get a book together. And I was like, okay, let's do that. So I, I started publishing little booklets when I was younger. And as I would speak to different places, I learned how to like start DVDs. And it was, it was funny, like when I first started, we'd record videos and put them on DVDs. And I remember those grueling nights of just duplicating lots and lots of DVDs and just having an assembly line, just going through each of them. And we I got together a mailing list. Someone's like, put together a mailing list because I needed some equipment for, for speaking and, and cameras and gear and studio. And I was like, I don't have the money. And they're like, put together a mailing list. I'm like, all right. So I'm, I'm duplicating these DVDs and I'm sending them out to people. And it's just, it's a lot of effort. and. Uh, but but funds are coming in, resources are coming to be able to pay to invest other in other things, and um, but at the beginning, like when you're having the, when I was having those late nights, like I I saw like this is the humble beginnings, this is a faithful that which is least, and I'm I'm publishing them like now I don't do DVDs now we have online courses and those are able to sell and I'm able to make sales in my sleep and I could wake up and I have commissions on Stripe and I'm like I always like. When I could like see, it's like, oh yeah, these people bought last night while I was sleeping. But it, before it was very like hands-on. If I didn't ship it out, they didn't get what is what what was what they were looking for. And those books, as I would bring DVDs and I'd bring books to the events, I would I would get those out to people, and those skills helped a little bit. And and they taught me how to structure books or put some things together. And then eventually. Like it came to a point where in the last year, I was able to publish a book. Um, I it's I re, my latest book is I want to mentor now. What do I do? And this right. book helps authors, coaches, and speakers. It teaches them how to meet master mentors, how to maximize their mentorships, whether it's a coaching program, a a mastermind. People pay thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollars to be in these masterminds. And so how can you take the information you learn and implement it in the shortest time possible to turn that information into income as fast as possible? And then lastly, how to master high income skills in half the time. So as I put together this book, it's like a culmination of those other books that I did when I was younger and put it together. I was able to 
to write the book and it's, it's written well in two weeks. And I became a number one best-selling author in business consulting with, with my latest book. So, and, and that would have never happened had it not been that I was faithful with the little booklets. Some mm. people could see those and be like, oh, how cute. This high schooler is like publishing some books, but I'm like, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do my best and trust God with the rest. But mm. it has opened up for now. I'm able to speak on some podcasts that have over 142,000 listeners and be able to talk about my book because of those faithfulness in the little things it is prepared for greater and bigger platforms wow phenomenal phenomenal you know you know i'm 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 so blown away by what you you've just broken down man just how you took you, you sh shared how the notes turned into a book that's transforming lives and then now that's i'm sure there's a coaching program built off of that and so it's just and keynotes and it goes on and on and on and on but um, I, I, I know I'd be remiss if I don't ask about going from missionary life to a highly paid speaker life and and highly paid coach. So how, how did that whole thing happen? You know, dealing with because I want I, and I and I know you're going to do this, but I, I, I'm just going to ask you to do it anyway to really dispel some of the myths around the believers and money and poverty and some of these, some of these horrible mindsets that were kind of sometimes taught or, but if you could go break that journey down, man, and just. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, what happened was when I was 16 and I started studying the Bible, some of my mentors in the beginning, they were, they were more like poor missionary minded mentors. And they started to teach me that was like sales is, is sleazy business is bad like poverty is piety kind of like not in those exact words but in kind of those messagings like 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 one one uh yeah just just the way that they talk about money made me think i'm like oh well maybe maybe what i did when i was younger was like not the way to go so i could just do less of that and then i took the sales skills the persuasion skills that i learned in selling cars or candy or whatever um that i like virtual virtual um, goods, and I applied them to speaking, persuasion of speaking and, and selling ideas. Um, but what there, there was a time during that phase for probably the next five years, I was basically a poor missionary. And eventually that was leading to, um, I've just had less and less and less. And to eventually I was like homeless, living in my car, thinking that it's like, well, it's like, I, I, I want to work for God, but I, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to like go off on the deep end, so to speak. And it, it was a time where I was able to go. I got called to work at, in Washington, D.C. to do a health um, uh, campaign that was uh, funded with a lot of ministries coming together and um, going to the senators and sharing with them some health solutions uh, based on biblical principles that could help our economy and help the community. So as I was there, I realized like, wow, these guys have top talent speakers, like world renowned speakers. They have really talented leaders that are bringing people together. They have a lot of resources, a lot of support where a lot of the ministries I came from, they don't have the funds or like finances to be able to pay and hire and employ people. And these guys have like hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in. If we needed a, like, I remember I wanted to buy a camera, a DSLR, and it was a thousand dollars. And I had to like wait seven months so I could try to raise that money to buy it. And, and then I was at this event 
at this at this um, this campaign, and they're like, "Oh, we need cameras." They bought three cameras, three thousand dollars, and on like that day, they were there in two days, and we were out on the streets interviewing and recording people, doing doing some of those interviews. And I just remember the contrast. I'm like, man. So I had an opportunity to speak with the director, and this is a story that I teach in my book. I want to mentor now. What do I do? And I, I was just sitting in the truck with him, and I was sharing.、Um, I was like, "So you're in ministry, and I've been in ministry, but you have like a lot of resources, and all the other ministry-minded people that I know, like they're broke. Like, what is going on here, and why do you have so many different resources doing big things with with big big budgets?" And he drove me around in Washington D.C. and he took me to this house. You're like, "See that house right there?" He's like, "Yeah, that's the house that I grew up with, grew up in." I came from a family of politicians. I was like, "You did?" He's like, "Yes." And he drove down the street two blocks. He's like, "See that country club? You people paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to be a part of that country club that my family was a part of." And I was like, "Why would anyone pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to be in like a group or a club?" I'm like, "The thought couldn't even like I, it couldn't like cross my mind." It's like now we've invested in one hundred fifty five thousand dollar masterminds and planning in between. And it's not going to be the last one I invest in, but at the time I'm just like, this is unfathomable. But the mentor taught me that wealthy people value relationships more than they value money. They're willing、mm. to part their money so they could meet people.、Mm. It's like you and I, we met at a high level fellowship like this,、mm-hmm. and we are able to foster a relationship. And I value our relationship.、Mm-hmm. It, it, it's worth the price of en- enrollment alone. And so being able to meet. Individuals who are serving at a higher level, who are thinking different, who are able to expand our horizon. It's like you and I were talking. How we—it's good to to put ourselves in an environment、uh, where people normalize the achievement that we desire to to accomplish.、Mm. And as he's explained to me this, he's my mentor is also telling me that in the Bible there are biblical financial principles. When you follow those financial principles, finances will be a result. If you don't, then finances, like lack of finances, will also be a result.、Mm-hmm. And whether you know the principles or not, they're going to be producing these results.、And、I was like, how do I learn this? I want to learn. And he—he、um, was—and he wasn't able to share at the time. But I, again, I committed to discovering. And、mm-hmm. he also explained one other thing that blew my mind is that one of the reasons why he's able, his leadership, and his leadership team was able to do these things is because. He's ran a multi-million-dollar business in construction, and he、mm. said many of. I was like, "Where did you learn these principles?" He's like, "Many of the leaders in our ministry, they also are business owners or spouses of successful business owners." I was like, "Wait, what?" And he said, "All of the business principles are and skills are a hundred percent transferable to ministry and serving others." And it was a light bulb, and I was like, "Wait a second." And, and that was starting to unlock in me a lot of those childhood memories, and more like unlocking more of my identity and like who I knew that I was, but maybe was suppressing.、Mm. Definitely was suppressing. And I started realizing, like, okay, so before I thought business and ministry were two opposite things. Now I'm beginning to realize that as you succeed and excel in business, it's a hundred percent transferable to help you to excel and succeed in ministry.、Mm. And I, that was eye-opening to me. So I started to seek after that. I started praying that God, for five things: that God would introduce me to a mentor 
mm-hmm. who understands the financial principles, is a successful entrepreneur who is willing to teach me the financial principles and has a as strong of a burden that I do about faith and and uh, missions and um, and has a strong emphasis on health. And I, I was looking for someone like that. And as I was praying, and this is specific, specific prayers. Mm. And eventually I, I found uh, a mentor, his name was John Rhodes, who just opened to me a world of possibilities, helped me to start a health food store and that was able to scale to six figures, making $10,000 a month in my early 20s wow. and introduced me to my first millionaire mentors, Dave MacArthur. And he was explaining to me the financial laws that govern all of our results, the universal laws that apply to finances, our health, our relationships. And I was like this, and he started helping me to see the Bible in such a more practical way than I ever thought possible. And I began to realize the Bible is as much practical as it is spiritual. Mm, And mm, so mm. often we want to spiritualize away the principles, but the fact of the principles, if the principle applies, principles are portable. If it applies in our spiritual application, it also applies in a practical application in our health and our finances, with our fitness, with our family, with our friendships, principles are portable. And Mm. as I started to understand these, these principles that produce prosperity, I be, it began to re, re, renew my mind as Romans 12, two says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's not that I was like stepping away from God. I was actually studying the Bible more than ever before. And that's been my favorite book since I was 16. And I was understanding things that were changing more areas of my life than, than even before. So I began to realize that and started studying also how many of God's faithful people were very successful business owners. Like Abraham was in Genesis 3-2. Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. That cattle is a business. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the farmers, many of the parables that Jesus taught, the sower went forth to sow. A farmer is a business owner. That farm, he was growing crops so he can sell. It was food products and they were making money. And Jesus often used in his parables and metaphors, financial, financial examples and business examples to teach us spiritual lessons. So business, I believe, is God's established vehicle to helping us understand the kingdom of God and helping us to understand the truth and principles and of, of prospering. And I didn't realize that before, but um, these were some of the things that were helping me to unlock my earning potentials. And I began to realize there are high income skills. And as I become a student of high income skills, then I'm able to solve problems for people who are willing to pay a premium. And there's no reason to like, there's no reason to be broke once you learn the high income skills and who's willing to pay a premium for them. And you could use those finances to fund your faith, to fund your mission, to be able to, to get your message out to the masses. And so that's, that's part of the journey of how that, that transition happened. That's so beautiful, man. Like, oh my God, I'm telling you, Enoch, we have to do a part two, bro. Like, let's do it. like I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm literally blown away by everything you've been sharing. And um, man, principles are portable. That's that's fire. 
that's that's fire. And I, I am curious about some of these, if you can go into one or two at least, of the financial laws that your mentor taught you that might be helpful for everybody that's listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the, one of the financial laws is the, uh, the law of appreciation. What you appreciate will appreciate in value. One of the reasons why people are so broke is because like people think that they're broke because they don't have money. No, you're, you're not broke because you don't have money. You're, you don't have money because you're broke. Poverty begins in the minds. Poverty is a mindset. And what I mean by that is wealth has very little to do with how much money you have. It has everything to do with how grateful you are with that which you have. So when we learn to appreciate, like we're talking about gifts, if you have a gift of communication, the marketplace values highly public speakers, communicators. Warren Buffett says the number one skill that anybody can learn. He's often asked by reporters, what is the one skill that you've learned being a billionaire that you are most grateful for? And he's like, it was the Dale Carnegie course that I took that taught me how to speak in public. In fact, my certification of completion is still hanging in my office wall as we speak. And that public speaking is what billionaires, millionaires, and people who have abundance of influence, abundance of life and have life more abundantly, they learn how to speak and they learn how to speak well to crowds. So by, and and what I'm saying is learning to appreciate your gift. If you cannot first appreciate your ability to speak, and I really believe that everybody has a gift of speaking in the sense that we can all have mouths, we can move. Even Helen Keller, who was blind, deaf, and mute, she Mm. found a way to communicate to the multitudes and shape generations. Wow. And so what's your excuse? Mm. We have a problem where we will undervalue our gifts So we don't think it's worth paying more for or paying a premium for. We undervalue our message or our story, our transformation. So we are afraid of stepping forward or many people are afraid of of doing the the work necessary to communicate the value, to to make offers that people can pay you for. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that profit is God's incentivization program for doing good for others. Profit isn't bad. You got to say that again. You got to say that again. I believe, I fully believe that profit is God's incentivization program for doing good for others. Mm. That it's not, doesn't make you less spiritual by receiving a profit for for the the problems you can solve. But in uh, in fact, nonprofit is not found in the Bible. When you read Matthew 25, like nonprofit is not found in the Bible. I'm just going to say that straight up. In Matthew 25, there was a parable, my favorite parable that Jesus taught. And again, it was a financial, he's using finances in the talents. Like your whole podcast is about discovering your gift and your talents, right? You know it. Yes, I I, I love it. And (laughs) he gave five talents to one, two to a second, and one talent to the third. And the Lord comes back and the man who had five talents, he got 10. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I will give, you've been faithful over a few. Remember faithful in that which is least? You're trusted now with cities. So it's like, wow, that's good. 
The man who had two, he doubled it to four. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. I'll give you, I'll, I'll trust you with cities. And then the other one who had one, the smallest number that can be numbered, he goes to him and he says, where, where is, like, what have you done? He's like, well, I was afraid and I took my talent and I buried it in the earth. He undervalued. He didn't appreciate the Lord's talent, the gift that God gave him. And so I was afraid. And what Jesus said, it like really blows my mind. He says, thou wicked and slothful servant, you should have put my money to the exchangers and had an increase. He calls, he says, go into outer darkness with thou unprofitable servant. What? Unprofitable servant was called the wicked and slothful servant. It's like I thought. I thought like nonprofit was the was like is the faithful and good servant, but it, it's not so in in the scriptures. And what what I see is that is like God gave us business as the vehicle to serve. You look at the missionaries across the board in the Bible; they were all business owners, and like they were fishermen. It's a family business. Like Jesus spent 30 years working in a family business and three and a half years working in full-time ministry. And it's like Paul was a tent maker wow. and his business was his vehicle for serving others. Business and ministry are not two separate things. They're one. Romans 12 says, be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Wait, your business is able, how you can serve the Lord? So I, I just find that like, the law of appreciation is so key that when you learn to appreciate your worth, appreciate your value, appreciate your gifts, your skills, and you're able to package them in a, in a, in a program, like a mentorship program where you can, where, where people can pay you for it. You will mm -hmm. find like you will, like one of the reasons people don't have money is because they're not make, they're not selling things. Like mm -hmm. how could people pay you if you don't have a product to offer from like for exchange, Jesus said, put the talent to the exchangers. Mm -hmm. And here, here's another law, law, financial law. I call it the law of exchange. Mm -hmm. But law of exchange shows that wealth is created by exchange. And I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. Let's say I have, let, let, let's say that um, I have, the, so I have this book. I want to mentor. Now what do I do? And I sell this for, for $25 on, and you, if, if you want to buy my book and what you're saying, and, and I'm, and I'm selling you my book for $25 by us exchanging, you're able to say, um, what you're literally saying is that my book is worth more value to you than the $25 in your pocket. That's right. And I'm saying that your $25 is worth more value to me than my book in my hand or my book in my inventory. So by us exchanging my talent for your talent and money is a talent, by us exchanging our gifts, we're both created wealth. We both walk away with more value than before. So people think selling is something you do to people. Selling isn't something you do to people. Selling is something you do for people. Mm. You're able to create wealth on both parties by transactions, by exchanging. So that's a finance, second financial law of wealth. And I, I go into more detail on BibleFinancialSecrets.com. I actually have an entire program that breaks down over 20 financial laws that helped me to be a poor missionary, homeless, living in my car 
to making $10,000 a month in, in my early 20s. And these are the laws that have made the ma major breakthroughs in my life. Wow. Wow. You know, just wow. That's that's the only word I can utter out right now. Like, no hype, man. Like, I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So that's why we're doing, we got to do another one. And, and I don't, I'm not going to even ask you my final question that I normally ask people. I'm, we're just going to do some promo and, and, and talk about all the resources where people can get, get your, cause we're doing another one. And then I'll ask you, uh, my final question that we normally ask people. Um, but I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted right now. And, and I'm humbly flabbergasted right now. Just to what you what you, how you bro broke that down. And and the insight, and you may or may not know that, but this this whole show is built on that scripture, the 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 parable of the talents, the the whole show, right? Like, and so I'll just explain. Just the 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 revelation I was given at nineteen was to the the one that had one, the one that had two, one that had five. God showed me the process of purpose in that in that scripture. The process was you had to discover whatever gift you had. God doesn't say, Enoch, you're a clear communicator. Like, no, you didn't, you didn't get a, you didn't get a, a, a nudge from God. Like this is your gift. You had to go through some, some bumps, some bruises, maybe some mistakes, some learnings. And then you found it, you discovered it. And then the next, the next piece is that once you discover it, God doesn't expect you to keep it where it's at. You have to develop it. So this next stage was the development, like they did it with the talents, like you did with your speaking, as you do, you continually do with your speaking gift. And the last piece, which we, we didn't get to really dive in, we did, you did dive into it, but we'll dive into it more on the next next episode, um, is the distribution, which is implied, because God never gives you a gift for yourself, it's always for others, which goes back to the law of exchange that you talked about. So the distribution of that gift because it's never intended as great as a speaker as you are you don't want to speak to yourself all day that's not for it's not for Enid. it's for everyone else that needs to hear what we ha what you have inside of you for us to benefit so you got you got me excited over here man and um and uh uh so so let's 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 talk about where can people get connected uh I, for, I know I know for the book they can go to i want to mentor book.com um, I know for speaking, they can go to Enoch Leffingwell, Enoch Leffingwell, that's E-N-O-C-H-L-E-F-F-I-N-G-W-E-L-L.com, and we'll plug that. Any other resources or ways that people can connect with you uh, to learn about your product services and get that exchange? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I just want to say that I love connecting with you. If you're listening and you've got this far, clearly there is something of value that you've heard. Clearly, there's there's something in common we have. And reach out to me and get like uh, speak to me. You can contact me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, all, all of my social media is on EnochLeffingwell.com, and you can you can find me there. And if you want to grab a copy of my book, I want to mentor. Now, what do I do? I would I would love to ship it to you. Um, the best way to get it is from the website IWantToMentorBook.com. If you cover the cost of shipping, I'd be happy to uh, pay for the book and I'll, I'll give it to you for free in when you only when you buy it through that website, I want to mentor book.com. And really a lot of the stuff that I talked about today 
is principles taken from the book and it's distilled and packaged in this way. So if you want to continue that journey, this is a great next step to, to go to. And just really, I, I genuinely want to talk to you. And I, I look forward to seeing what are your gifts, what's your vision, and where are you wanting to go with your message? And uh, David, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to come and speak. And I absolutely, positively love the whole theme of, of your podcast and your, your interviews, because like I said, this is my favorite chapter in, in, I mean, the parable that Jesus spoke. And I instantly thought about it when I heard your title. I'm like, this is great. This is going to be a great interview. I, I already know it. <laughs> awesome. Honestly, Enoch, I'm not supposed to say this. One of my favorite interviews, man, so far. We're, we're 50, 57 episodes in deep. So this is awesome. just, man, you, you brought the heat today. I knew you would, but you brought it. You, man. So we're going to do it again. Listeners, I'm not asking my normal question that I asked at the end because it's not over. So we'll continue on. Enoch, thank you so much. We'll, we'll plug all the, the links so people get the book, learn about your speaking and your coaching. Bless you, brother. God bless you, man. Okay. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener. I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats an amazing spoken word over it and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community so to get your copy all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com that's podcast.david the middle initial d simons s-i-m-o-n-s dot com and get yours today Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.